So, Ms. Paula, what do you think is the reason why some small businesses or Black-owned businesses are not getting the contracts? Well, most small businesses will start their business on their skill set. When I started that first business as an event planning company, my mentor asked me, why are you pigeonholing yourself? And when he said that, it made sense. I looked at those six companies that I'd gone through, and all of them were doing the same thing. So I changed my business model to management consultant and created divisions. And then I started getting contracts in all those areas. It was no longer based on my skill set. You see, CEO, want to change your life? Come see me. Yo, hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Constance Carter. I just want to get right to it. I contemplated on whether I wanted to bring this guest on because I kind of wanted to keep it to myself, to be honest with you. I kind of wanted to keep the information to myself because um, there's there's, there's a lot of money out there to be made. And um, I connected with this uh, brilliant woman a few months ago, and it's been absolutely life changing. Let me tell you this. So there's a couple of things, a couple of principles that I always talk about, um, you know, when you go to different places, when you go like I met her at the Power Networking Conference. Now, she was not even at the Power Networking Conference. She was at a whole nother conference. Uh, but every time I go to a conference, every time I go anywhere, I say I make the commitment. I make I, I, in my mind, I set the intention to say um, there is going to be somebody here that's going to change my life. And I don't know if it's a person that's going to be on stage. I don't know if it's a person I'm going to have lunch with. I don't know if it's a person that I'm going to be, uh, that I'm going to see in the bathroom, that I'm going to pass by in the hall, that I'm going to see at the networking event, at the bar, whatever. But I always set the intention that there's somebody here that's going to change my life. I just happened to go outside and me and my girlfriends went outside to smoke a cigar. And there was a lady sitting outside and she was talking about government contracts. And I was so compelled. And see, this is how God be doing stuff. Let me tell you how God be gotten, okay? Because last year I said, I put it in, out in the universe that I wanted to start getting into government contracts. When I moved to the DMV, I saw how much opportunity there was in this space. I live in an area where there's a lot of black wealth and a lot of the black wealth was procured through government contracts. I had no idea when I first got my, uh, when I first built my real estate business, one of the things that I did is I got certified with, you know, all of these uh, designations, these minority women owned business, uh, MBE, um, DB and all of these uh, certifications. And I, and, but I didn't know what to do with them. And a lot of people have wanted to get into government contracts that I know personally, but they don't know where to start. I have lots of friends who have government contracts and everybody is not willing to give up this information. And so it's so funny how things align. I have a girlfriend, a good, good girlfriend of mine, uh, Sheila, she um, started, she was telling me years ago, Constance, you need to get in the game. And I, I didn't have time because I was really working on my real estate business. I said, girl, I don't got time for that. So she had went to, she had connected with this person, Paula, um, that I'm going to be bringing on, um, went through her courses, went through her training, got a multi-million dollar contract. Then one day, so, so the other thing is, if you know anything about me, you know, I do the Net7 Collective, which is a cohort of black women from all over the country. And I teach them different wealth building strategies. OK, so I teach them different things. We have different lessons. I bring in uh, different top speakers from all over the country that teach different wealth strategies. And one night I had Paula in to do a class on government contracts. Mind blown. Well, I didn't know at the time, my good girlfriend that lives in my neighborhood, who, who's done over half a billion dollars in government contracts. She was actually I was in the car when we were having this class because we were on our way to a conference um, out in Maryland. And so I, she, I was in the class with her and I put I put myself on mute. And be, before I got on the call, I said, hey, do you know Paula? She was like, Paula, help me get my 8A. She's brilliant. So I'm like, what? So all of these pieces, all the puzzles of these pieces are coming together. And all of the validation, I already knew by talking to the woman that she was brilliant and the things that she had went through and what she's doing and how many people she's helped get multi-million dollars. This is regular people that look like you and that look like me that she's helped get multi-millions of dollars in government funding, or excuse me, government contracts. I'm here to talk to her today because I think that it's extremely important that we get in the game. Being in D.C., it's the land of government contracts. I go to chamber commerce meetings, right? I go to chamber, I go to D.C. chamber, and I heard them say, we have a billion dollars set aside for Black-owned businesses for contracts. Then I go to another another uh, meeting, um, the bi-county meeting, where they say we have $8 billion, 40% set aside for government contracts. And these rooms are full of black people that want the government contracts. They're like, we can't get them. It's because their businesses aren't properly set up correctly in order to receive them. There's a method to the madness. So Paula has been instrumental in helping so many people be able to crack the nut of getting into government contracts. So let me just tell you a little bit about Miss Paula. Miss Paula, uh, let me let me bring her bio up. Um, 
She's the founder and CEO of Government Procurement GPI, Government Procurement Innovator. She's had an impressive journey. In the early days of her career, Ms. Paula, Ms. Watts owned and operated a highly successful business, securing over $15 million in contracts through the SBA's 8A business development under her leadership. In 2005, she made a transition and later joined the SBA in 2008. During her time at SBA, she played a crucial role in assisting multiple 8A firms to secure multi-million dollar federal contracts. She's passionate about sharing her knowledge, and that's the, that's the thing here. She's so passionate about sharing her knowledge, she's conducted over 2,000 seminars on various topics, including small businesses, startups, and expansions, and effectively marketing strategies for federal government contracts. So since she established GPI in 2015, her team have accomplished an impressive results. They provided training to over 3,000 businesses on marketing to the federal government. But what's even more remarkable, you guys, they've assisted small business enterprises in securing over a billion dollars in contracts across diverse industries across the U.S. You don't hear me. It's not a game. We have a huge heavy hitter right here that's getting ready to drop some nuggets on you. And again, I wanted to be selfish. I really did. I wanted to be selfish and keep her to myself because she's uh, she, she teaches uh, the Net7 Collective um, in our uh, 12-week cohort um, about government contracts. And I didn't know if I wanted to share with you know hundreds of thousands of people because I want to get them government contracts. Now, if you see this information, you're going to be competing with me. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that. But I'm going to go ahead because you know what I understand is what God has for me is for me and what he has for you is for you. And so you are watching this at such a time where you it's you are receiving information. If you're if you hear if you are here under the sound of my voice, this is for you. So I want you just to take copious notes. I want you to listen to Miss Paula. We just go, we're going to deep dive and talk about, um, you know, the government contracts, kind of go through the history of, of uh, where she's been, what she's doing and, and why it's so critical for you to get in the game of government contracts. So, Miss Paula. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you are so absolutely amazing, Miss Paula. Um. And like I said, before you got on, you've helped so many people. Look, somebody said, God is good. They are listening. People who are listening right now are listening for a reason. Maybe some of them have wanted to get into government contracting. Maybe some of them were looking for another opportunity. But why? Why? Okay, first of all, why should people get into government contracting before we even, before I ask you other questions? But why should they even do it? Because the federal government is the largest buyer of goods and services in the world. Last year, they awarded $69 billion in contracts to small businesses, just small businesses. How many were awarded to minority-owned businesses? I don't have the exact number. Um, let me uh, pull it up. It was somewhere around 50 billion, just those that are participants of that 8A program. Wow. And I'm not quite sure if people even understand that program. Yeah, um, I want to get into that. Um, but before we do that, so let's, let's let's talk about your past. Okay, so how did you get into government contracts in the first place, Ms. Paula? Well, I'm originally from Asheville, North Carolina. And after college, I went to Washington, D.C., and the land of contracts. <laughs> yes. I was like, I died and went to heaven. That was Chocolate City. <laughs> and I had never seen that many Black business owners in my life. And that was at 25. So I had role models that showed me the pathway and gave me the incentive. Okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Right. So I started my pathway of becoming an entrepreneur in my first business by 35. So I went through five companies that was a part of that program that we're going to discuss. And I started my first business in 1996. In the first year in business, I received my first million-dollar contract. Second year, I applied into the 8A program, received my second $3 million contract. And within five years, I grew that business pretty quickly, where I went to close to $15 million in contracts and almost 40 employees. And I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. <laughs> what? I went from a project manager to running a multimillion-dollar company and didn't have a clue with what I was doing. And, and so I had two business partners, one who felt like he could run all his personal expenses through the business. The last straw, straw for me was a $3,000 custom-made pinstripe suit with his initials going down the pinstripe. And I was like, you have lost your mind. On the business. <laughs> On the business. <laughs> so I ended up. I ended up um, having my assistant to do an audit on his credit card. He takes her in the elevator and threatens her. So now um, I had to make tough decisions. So I ended up terminating him 
and he conspired with two of the employees to sue me and the other partner for sexual harassment. So after two years of attorney fees, $125,000 in attorney fees, $100,000 to buy him out, I had no more operating cash, and I closed the business in 2005. Mm. And it pushed me to my new passion because I realized no one was training our community on how to start a business, manage a business on that level. So I started volunteering as a score counselor. I'm very strategic. <laughs> I positioned myself to be hired by the Small Business Administration. And I was hired by SBA in 2008. And I was hired in the Philadelphia district office. And me, it's always been an argument with God. It's like, God, you know, I don't know anybody in, in, in Pennsylvania. Do I have to leave, CC? It's like, yes, you have to go. And I had a girlfriend that lived there. So I stayed with her for six months, but he strategically placed me in an office that processed all the applications for those businesses applying into that program. My job was to service those businesses. Mm. Um, so I got to see both sides. And what I realized once I left that DMV area, and I'm sure just as you've been in California, no one heard of this program. <laughs> right. But, but, but you can get these pro contracts and you can do this business from anywhere in the country. Correct. And in this specific program, it is designed to build your business for nine years, allowing you to go to any federal agency and they can award up to $4 million in contracts with no competition. Um, that's how I grew that first business so quickly, um, because these are contracts that aren't advertised anywhere. So in order to get these contracts, you have to have your 8A certification. That is correct. But I don't even push people to that program because what I saw on the inside, and because there's a term limit, most of the participants did not receive their first contract award generally that fourth or fifth year. And I had 40 participants um, that I was servicing. And out of the 40, only four or five was re really receiving contracts. So I knew that was an issue. One, that no one in our community has even heard of it, just based on the numbers registered in the program. And two, no one was training businesses. They SBA has wonderful resource partners, but it's information-based. No one is teaching you the process. That's what was missing. Mm, and that's where you're bridging the gap. Absolutely. I, I created templates from that first business and what I saw on the inside of SBA and, and the businesses that were successful um, and helping everyone to understand you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just follow the blueprint. <laughs> that right there. So, Ms. Paula, what do you think is the reason why some small businesses or black owned businesses are not getting the contracts? Well, most small businesses will start their business on their skill set. Mm. We just talked about that. <laughs> and um, the uh, SBA's resource partners will always tell you, start on your skill, start with your skill set, um, go after local and state contracts because you're not prepared to go after federal contracts. And I think that was the biggest lesson I learned in that first business. When I started that first business as an event planning company, my mentor asked me, why are you pigeonholing yourself? And when he said that, it made sense. I looked at those six companies that I'd gone through and all of them were doing the same thing. So I changed my business model to management consultant and created divisions. I had a, a, an administrative division. I had an IT division, had a publications communication division, had a database division. And then I started getting contracts in all of those areas. It was no longer based on my skill set. So if you guys don't understand what she's talking about, people think that once they, they have to create a company or if they have a company, it's based upon what their background is. So if you are you have a background in, in administration, you only have an administration business. If you have a background in real estate, you have a real estate business where you're only servicing real estate. And the idea is not to pigeonhole yourself to just being specific to one area, because the idea is what? How, how are they looking at it? They're, pro, they're, they're basically a broker. How, 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 how does that work, Paula? Meaning um, your project management. 
if I can get people to understand your role in this space is to find the people or the vendors that the government is looking for in these opportunities, and you're putting your money on top of it. Um, it doesn't matter what the opportunity is um, because your the process is still the same. Your job is to find the skill sets required to complete the task in that opportunity and manage the project, if that makes sense. So people think that they actually have to do the job. That, that is correct. And believe it or not, that, that after doing this for nine years and all these people that's come through the program, that's the biggest challenge because we've been programmed to be laborers. Ooh. No one has taught us how to be CEOs. <laughs> that part right there. That's a bar right there because listen, as I was building my business, Paula, um, in real estate, I spent my time doing $20 an hour jobs when I should have been doing $100 or $1,000 an hour jobs um, as I'm growing as a CEO, right? I remember I was at a conference one time, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm in a small group because it's a big, I was always attending business conferences and I'm in a small group and there's the CEO from Canada, this is a white guy, maybe in his fifties and he has a you know multi-million dollar business. And so I get up to talk about my business and I'm talking about all the things that I do, but I'm doing the things that are not CEO uh, tasks. I'm doing marketing. I'm doing this. I'm doing administration. I'm doing all this other stuff. And I can't, I, I, I can never forget. I'll never forget the guy. He goes, you're CEO. He was confused. And I said, yeah, he was like, hmm. like no judgment, but that hum in a whole lot. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> he was confused. Mm -hmm. You're the CEO, but yet you are doing the administrative work. You out here showing houses, you're doing the marketing, you're doing everything else. And you should be the visionary. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying, Paula, is people need to learn how to operate as the CEO and not the laborer. That is correct. And what I like to tell business, my uh, businesses, my father wanted me to play sports. And so when I look at business, I look at it as a sport. <laughs> And most of our uh, community, when you look at the NBA as an example, we encourage our children to become um, LeBron or Stefan. And I ask the question all the time, if LeBron and Stefan is making $200 million, how much is the owner making? Right. <laughs> and does the owner need to know anything about basketball? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. His role is to get five players to bring him the gold so that he can't make more money. That's it. That's it. So that's the lesson in this, everyone, is when you're looking at government contracts, you do not have to do the work. And that's the, a, a much different approach that Paula teaches than a lot of other uh, people who teach how to get into government contracts, mm -hmm. because they're more focused on why don't you do the things that you're good at? Mm -hmm. Why don't you focus the thing on the things that you're good at? And really, you are, what did you call it? A project manager. Mm -hmm. You're good at managing the project. Mm -hmm. You're good at putting the people in the places that they need to be in order to do the things that they can do. So what's some low-hanging fruit? So is that, is that what you think people should do? Like when, once they get into government contracts, should they focus on the low-hanging fruit first? Oh, absolutely. It's a whole strategic approach I like to take our businesses through. Um, and, it, and, and if I can get real estate agents, if I have any of them online, if you think of all the tasks behind the real estate agent, Everyone always are saying, I'm a real estate agent, but you're more than a real estate agent. You're working hard for seven days a week <laughs> on a hope and pray. I, I call that. We hope we hope we get to closing. <laughs> um, but think of the task. You're just managing those individuals. So when I look at low hanging fruit, those are buys that are 250000 and below that are specifically for total small businesses without any certifications. These contracts are set aside specifically for you as a small business. And some of those purchases could be uh, landscaping. They need someone to keep the, the grass um, maintained or janitorial, catering. Um, the government buys everything, products. But you can tell me, Paula, uh, if I get a janitorial business, I ain't got to scrub no toilets. Or if I get a landscaping business, I ain't got to mow no lawns. Or if I get a catering business, I ain't got to cook the food. Exactly. That's Your job is to make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of federal contracts is it's worldwide. And so what I found in working with a lot of SBA's resource partners is they'll tell you 
to get the, the low. Not that we don't want that money, but if you think about the logic, those WBEs, those DBEs, those MBEs, all of those E's, that's what I call them. Those are local and state certifications, local and city uh, uh, certifications. You're competing with a whole lot more people within that community. And in the DBEs, they never allow you to become your own boss. You still have to be a subcontractor. So you don't even know what kind of money that prime is winning from uh, the government. Whereas to me, not that I don't want that money, because that's still our tax dollars. And I think that's where the disconnect is in our community. We don't understand that these federal contracts are our tax dollars. <laughs> um, so to me, start at the federal, win the low-hanging fruit, and come down to the local uh, and city, because that's still our money. That's interesting. So let me ask you, the government can't go to Walgreens and buy toilet paper? Um, no, they, they will hire a vendor contractor to go purchase toilet paper. So they can't hire their own people to go in and in, in, uh, clean parks? You're all government. That's all government contract. The government cannot function without government contractors. What kind of people do you think can do a government contract? Because I'm going to tell you this. So now that I'm here, and this is great because I'm, I'm meeting these people, and I'm seeing, and so my girlfriend's like, oh, she got a $20 million contract. She got a $10 million contract. She got a $15 million contract, right? Or he got a contractor. And these are people, I mean, they, you know, rolling in Lamborghini and stuff, but they don't even look that bright. I'm like, if she could get a contract, if he could get a contract, why can't I get a contract? Do you have to be like a rocket scientist to get these contracts? Oh, absolutely not. It's just following the blueprint. What I did through my program was create templates so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. What I will consistently say is I'm dressing everyone up so that you look like everybody else, understand how to talk the language, and now you're ready to go date. So for me in this space, the ultimate goal is to align, teach you how to align yourself with a potential mentor in the SBA's All Small Mentor Protege Program. That program allows that mentor to put your business on steroids, meaning in order for them to qualify into the program, they have to provide certain functions. And, and you can put that in the um, chat. It's the All Small Mentor Protege. If you go to their website, you can see what that mentor is supposed to do for you in that program. And so what that does, it allows that mentor to access contracts that they can't. <laughs> Meaning they, they may be too big to compete for total small business contracts, too big to compete for a woman-owned small business. That's how you're able to leverage their resources, their experience, their infrastructure to put your business on steroids. That's the game we're going to play. So, Paula, so, okay, so let me just get, make sure that I, I understand this. As a small business, I connect with a mentor a, 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 who has government contracts. They help me to get, how, how do they help me as a small business? Part of the mentor-protege program, there are five components that that mentor is obligating themselves to fulfill. It's helping you um, with your uh, proposal writing, um, if you need financing for those contracts, um, it helping you build an accounting system, helping you develop a strategy because your mentor already has that infrastructure in place. You get to have access to all of their resources and that's their part. That's part of their commitment in being your mentor. So what's it for them? Did you hear me say a total of, uh, what was it? Uh, $69 billion in contracts that they couldn't access. Oh, so they get a piece of what you're able to get? They're, you're able, once you are in that program, you're able to create a joint venture. Ah, okay. By creating that joint venture, that mentor now gets your status as a small business and any certification, which now allows that joint venture to go after larger contracts. But you're going to always be in control because you have to own 51% of that joint venture. Mm. So, so once a person gets their, you know, gets their business established, typically how long does it take to get a contract? That's based on the commitment. It's based on how much effort you put in. 
And what I would like to say is that our program is not necessarily just government contracts by no means. It's a holistic approach, meaning you have to understand what documentation SBA is going to be looking for when you start applying into those programs. And unless you've worked on the inside of SBA, nobody understands that. Um, I've had one young lady, and if people go to my business too, she started her business. That was in 2020, and she met me at the end of 2020. She met me in 21, and by the end of 21, she had won eight contracts. Um, for how much? It, one was for 450000 in Hawaii. The other one was another one in North Carolina. Um, and I interviewed her. She's on my website. And she set the bar for everyone because not only has she won um, eight contracts, I said a total of $1.5 million in that eight months. She has two babies that were under five. Wow, she, she was still working full time. And wow. so I had her run down your schedule. <laughs> and she ran it down. So what I find is people always have one foot in, one foot out. If you're going to get into this game, you've got to be committed and understand this is re or deprogramming your mind and understand this is real. But you've got to put the work in. Mm -hmm. So, um, Paula, what do you think with the election coming up? How is that going to impact government contracts? It doesn't for the most part. Um, you know, having most of my career in D.C., um, whether it's Republicans or the Democrats in there, there's still going to be a need for government contracts. Typically, um, the re Republicans in the old days <laughs> were more pro-business, meaning they outsourced, they, they made the government smaller and outsourced outsource a lot of the work. Democrats were known for big government. They want to keep everything on the inside. But regardless of who's in office, contracts have to be awarded. <laughs> um, they have to be awarded. They can't function without government contracts. What 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 is the purpose of like having um you know these certifications? Is did we talk on here or did we not? Because I, I I wanted to know if it was necessary to have a government or, or to, to have a, a certification. Um, I, I, asked you, I know I asked you that, but I don't know if I asked you that before we got online or, or after. I'll, I'll repeat it. Every year, SBA um, monitors and set goals for every federal agency. These goals entail that twenty three percent of contracts have to be set aside for small businesses. 5% if you're a woman-owned small business, 5% for participants in the A day program, 3% for hub-zone um, businesses, 3% for service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses. So what that means for you, the more certifications you have, the more you're helping that agency meet their goals. As an example, let's say an agency awarded you a contract for $100,000 just as a small business. That agency now gets $100,000 credit towards their goal. So let's say you're a small business and woman-owned. Now that agency gets $200,000 credit towards their goal. So the more certifications you have, you're helping that agency achieve their goals. Can these be self-certified or do they have to be actual uh, certified through the state? Um, this is all federal. Or they're, they're, federally, they have to be federal certification. Correct. You can self-certify um, as a small business and as a small disadvantaged business. And all of that is under SAM.gov, Systems for Awards Management. There what about, about women-owned? Hmm? Women can you self-certify as a woman-owned business as well? All, uh, there are four programs that require formal certifications through SBA, meaning you have to complete and submit an application for approval. That includes the 8A business development program, the women's program, which is broken into two components, economically disadvantaged and WOSB, just a woman-owned small business, the hub zone program, and now they've put the veteran certification under SBA's umbrella. Mm. So I'm seeing more and more people come on here and this is getting gooder and gooder and gooder as we are going along. So as you are watching this, make sure you subscribe to the Flying Queen. Make sure you subscribe to CC, the CEO. Paula, where can they follow you? 
if they go to my website, I would love for everyone to go there. We have a lot of business to um, where we uh, I have a business to that's gpiwin.com. Mm -hmm. And part of my mission is we have to come together and share. We can no longer afford to hoard the knowledge. So part of people that become a part of our community, they have to commit to a couple of things. They have to commit to coming back and sharing their story. They have to commit to adopting a school in the hood um, because we have to take care of our community. And they have to sponsor two people through the program once they start winning their millions. Our most successful client, I'm so proud of her, she won a billion dollar contract last spring doing asset management for USDA. She, she came back and she interviewed and she tells the good and the bad uh, of the process. Um, until we realized the power what type of assets was she managing? I'm sorry. All of USDA foreclosed properties. So not only the foreclosed properties, she was uh, she has the whole realm of it from the mortgage, the lending, working with the title companies, the lawyers, the whole components of the real estate space. Wow. Um, and understanding the power we have collectively, I think that's where we've gotten away from. Mm. If we can understand. We can shut America down in a, in a week. <laughs> that part right there. And that's the thing that, that really um, made me so akin to you, Paula, when I first met you, um, because of, you were talking about, you were talking about it in such a way you were so passionate about it, but you were talking about getting us in the game, getting African-Americans in the game. You talked about real generational wealth, like really being able to accumulate generational wealth to where you are able to really change the lives of yourself, your community, your children, your children's children. Why are you so passionate about that? For me? It goes back to your childhood. You know, they say in therapy, everything goes back to your childhood. Right, right. <laughs> but for me, I don't think anyone talks about the children of the civil rights. So it's so appropriate that we're having this conversation today. Right, on MLK Day. Yes, let's go. Um, the children of the civil rights, meaning I was a, the child of the civil rights era, meaning they used us and forced us to become integrated in these schools in North Carolina that weren't prepared for us. So we were forced to close all our new schools and go to these white schools and they weren't prepared and they're still not prepared for us. But when we were segregated, we had all our teachers, We they made sure <laughs> that we were educated. My father was one of the first black police officers in that town. He sued the city because of racism. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have that collective community that we had before. And to me, it's systematic. When we're talking about gentrification right now, Gentrification started with urban renewal when they went and sold my, uh, um, stole my grandmother's land and put all of my community in projects. Um, but the problem that they had in North Carolina was in Asheville, because Asheville is a tourist city, they put the projects on prime land by the mountains and the waters. So now they want that land back. And now they've gone in there and destroyed the projects that had people that were communities. And where's the community now? So for me, my passion, my purpose, and the whole purpose of creating GPI is that I have my community back. We've given our talent away for so long <laughs> and not um, given it back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we are the only ones that's going to save us as our ancestors knew did. The ancestors knew if I could just speak the language, if I could just read, then I know my children's children will be okay. Wow. And for me, it's the same purpose. Mm -hmm. If you all can just learn this government contract, learn the language, learn the business, then the children's children will be set. So for me, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than all of us. It's us understanding 
how we pull our resources and skill set that we've given away to everyone and come back and feed ourselves through these contracts. That's why I love you because you are really, you really have a passion about helping our people. And when you talk about, you know, going back to the, this, the, the children of uh, the civil rights, you know, going back even further, when you talk about collective economics and you talk about integration and segregation, you know, when they had Greenwood, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the thing that killed um, Black Wall Street was not the fire and the bombs that happened because they rebuilt. They only rebuilt maybe 300 businesses. The thing that killed Black Wall Street ultimately was integration. Mm-hmm. It's because when we didn't have to work with each other, we no longer work with each other. Mm-hmm. And so we thought other things were better. You look at the Negro League. The Negro League was destroyed by integration. You have all these talented people and the Negro League could have went a lot further mm-hmm. had they put their resources inside this league. Mm-hmm. But every time we have an opportunity to work outside of our communities, we abandon our, community, mm-hmm. our communities and then everything falls. So, you know, this right here, what you are doing for our communities and providing an outlet and a resource to have true wealth because this is, this is millions and billions of dollars out there. You know, my, my neighbors, girl, my neighbors live in these mansions over here driving these McLarens and these Rolls Royces and these Bentleys because of government contracts. And, you know, going back to Marion Barry, right? Marion Barry, everybody outside of, of DCC, I didn't know this, right? So I'm not from DC. Yeah. <laughs> so when we hear about Marion Barry outside yes. of DC, what do we hear? Right? You know, mm-hmm. all that, right? But here, it is blasphemous for you to say something bad about Mary Mary here because he created all this opportunity for African-Americans, this economic opportunities for black people, which is the reason why they set them up in the first place. Correct. They were mad, but all these people were able to build wealth through working with the federal government because of people like Mary and Barry and, uh, you know, all the people that have gone on. And so these people are intentional from what I've seen in being in these meetings. They say, we want to do business with black people. We want you to be able to be in a space in a place where you build wealth, but you have to have your businesses set up properly. There is a blueprint. This lady has created the templates. So you ain't even got to think nor do you have to reinvent the wheel. And I think it's changing well, how we were brought here. We were brought, we were brought here and taught to compete against each other. <laughs> In this space, and that's why I put people into teams. We've got to learn how to work together. Yes. Um, I may not I may not be the first in line, but the next person is in line. And so for me, I get angry when I go when I'm in my community and you go to all these other cultures, not that I have anything against them, but how are they setting up selling us? Beauty supplies and making lots of money. Um, how are they managing and taking over these nail salons? Um, and half the time, not even speaking English. Half the time, you don't see any of us in there working behind those gas stations or Dunkin' Donuts or or um, beauty salons. Miss Paula, I remember I'm from San Jose, and I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm from San Jose, right? And so, a friend of mine, Sheila, the, she's been to your program. She was working. This is before I really even knew about government contracts. This had to be about seven, eight years ago, maybe. Uh, and there was a, I forget the gentleman's name, but he passed away, but he had this um, African-American organization where he always taught about how to procure government contracts. Mm-hmm. So she said, Constance, I want you to come to this, this meeting. It's about how to procure government contracts. So I go to this meeting. The only black people in this meeting are the people throwing it. Mm-hmm. There was not a one black person in the audience. It was a packed house. Mm-hmm. We are not taking advantage of this information. Mm-hmm. And so it, I, I love the fact that you are so intentional about doing that, but it's like, I'm holding this money in front of you. I'm holding these opportunities in front of you. All you got to do is reach out and get it. Mm-hmm. And it's right here. It is. And so for me, when I relocated here to Atlanta, Georgia, and again, I started studying the numbers. It's all in the data. We have to learn to study the number. They always studying us and our numbers and data. That's how they're creating strategies around our community. Right. They're studying. So when I moved here to Atlanta in 2012, and there was only 172 businesses in the entire state of Georgia, a part of the eight-day program, again, which technically was designed for minority-owned businesses. And what I was finding was businesses from the D.C. area were coming here to Georgia to win contracts. There was no competition. Here in Georgia, you had CDC and five military bases. <laughs> um, in every state, there's going to be a federal agency. There's a courthouse. Every agency is going to need a government contractor. Every state. So one of the things that was that kind of blew me away 
uh, when you when I when I when, you, when we talked and you did your, your presentation with the ladies of the Net Seven Collective, is you, you you talked about how uh, the, where the businesses were concentrated with the government contracts. Now they're able to do anybody anywhere is able to do business with the federal government, but where are most of the businesses concentrated that are actually getting the contracts? Um, it's all over. Most of them is I would will say is in the DMV area, mm-hmm. but to me you're competing against a whole lot more people. Mm-hmm. So I have a young lady that I interviewed um, that started um, the, her business in January of that last year. And she won six contracts. She's here in Georgia. Her first contract was in Iowa doing janitor, janitorial services. She performed well in doing that cleanup on that facility. That government agency gave her a heads up. Hey, we have another contract for landscaping in South Dakota. Can you do this contract? Yes. She won that contract. So, so think, hmm? I'm sorry. So what I'm saying is there's contracts all over the place, but most of the businesses who are getting the contracts are mostly in D.C. because they know about them more than anybody. You get a contract anywhere, but when you showed, I think you showed a map or something, and you were saying most of these people are in the D.C. area, but anybody could get them. And so you guys don't even realize that everybody everywhere could actually get these contracts. Correct. Correct. But most of the people that are in that designated certification, as I say, the numbers was consistent. Um, They're not winning their first contracts until their fourth or fifth year, unless they've picked it up back on some of the people graduating from that program and they're walking in with contracts. What would you say is the biggest myth that most common people have about government contracts? I can't do it. I'm not prepared. I'm too small. Um, Um. that I don't have the skill set, it, and and I will consistently say it's not about your skill set; it's about project management. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people are lucky that get it, or do what you know? What sets them apart that gets it's it? Been, that it's been consistent. It's it's like any other business. This, the government contracting is no different than any other business. You have to market. You have to um, compete. You have to build relationships. All business, regardless of what it is, is based on relationships. And as you do the work, as your as your company does the work, is there some type of metric or grading system that they get graded when they complete the work? Absolutely. Um, the government has a system where they will key in how you performed on that contract. Okay. And my goal is to make sure that you understand. Everybody wants to just jump in and get contracts. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't want you to do. Because I don't want you to get into something that you don't even know what you don't know. Right. <laughs> so it's important for me that you get everything and understand what you're getting into. Can a person lose their ability to get contracts? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they um, win a contract and don't perform, the government can terminate that contract for default, mm-hmm. meaning that's kicking you out the game completely. Ooh, and, anyway. uh, and if and you also have to understand that you have to finance these contracts. Talk we don't about think that. about we don't think about contracts <laughs> or getting the contracts, meaning you don't get paid until you at least work the month. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to cover costs associated with that contract before you get paid which means you need to start aligning yourself uh, with uh, financing. Uh, I'm doing a webinar Friday with Stacy, who's, I guess she has about 120 employees um, at Amazon. She's going to talk about factoring companies. Uh, what are the do's and don'ts? And for those of you who don't know what factoring companies are, in our terms, I like to say they cash, they cash, um, cash stores for businesses. <laughs> Um, you know how they have those cash stores in our communities to get mm-hmm. your paycheck? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's what factory companies are for businesses. So that's a way for you to get access to contract financing those contracts. But again, you need to understand the rules. And that's what I love about your, your classes, you know, and, and I've taken the class. And so that's what I love about it is because you say, look, the part of you going through the classes, here are some uh, financiers. I want you to make an appointment. This is part of your homework. You make an appointment with the financer so that you can set up your business so that you can get contracts, so you can get fi- funding. Because what happens is just like you said, 
you still got to pay your employees. You got to pay for all of that stuff before the government pays you. It might well, it might be net 30, net 60. Net it's, it's, not, it's net 30. They have yeah. a bond pay, payment. Ask. That's why I love the government. If they don't pay you within those 30 days, they have to start uh, giving you interest. And that's based on the correct invoice. And I think the other weakest challenge that I find with small businesses entering into this space is understanding their accounting system. Mm. You can't just hire um, Joe tax keeper to do your books in this space because the government is looking for your accounting system to be set up in a specific way to capture all the information. Mm. We don't, again, focus on the infrastructure to support the contract. You can't have one without the other. There's so many variables. And that's why, you know, going back to me going to these meetings and, you know, every time I go to the, the, the bi-county uh, roundtable meeting with Delegate Barnes here in the DMV and he's like, look, he's bringing people every week. I got another person that want to get you They want to get you money. This person get you. And everybody's like, we want the money. We can't get the money. It's because their businesses aren't set up properly. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you know, you, you got the business, you might even have some certifications, but there is more to it than just those two components. And that's what I think people fail to realize mm-hmm. is that it's it's a whole system. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is you've made it so not, you've made it really comprehensive. I don't want to say simple, but you've made it really comprehensive to where here's the templates. This is the A, B, C, D of how you get the contract, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And how you set up your business. Because before we even start, if you recall in the first module, before we even start looking at contracts, we make you go look at the budget, understand how you leverage your congressional representative. Most of us don't even know who our congressional representatives are. But in this space, that's your ammo, because that's the only time I saw an agency react is when one of those small businesses had their congressman submit a inquiry on their behalf. Mm. What was the craziest contract that you've seen? As it relates to what, what do you mean? So I, I don't know if it was you that told me, but somebody got a contract for like a billion dollars or something crazy to do something with some monkeys or something. Do you know anything about um, that? Yes, that's, that was Stacey. That's the one who's going to be doing the webinar on Friday. Her background was real estate. Um, we changed her business model. So it's not um, all real estate. She applied into the program and her very first contract was testing monkeys with HIV in the lab at CDC. Wow. She didn't know anything about monkeys, HIVs, and lab testing. <laughs> she just picked up those same people that had been on that contract for 10 years. And because she was a part of that 8 day program, that's how she got that contract. We just She just picked up the same people to hire. She called them up. What do you do in your job? That's how we had to put a proposal together. But she used their employees. <laughs> Um, so two things. So the 8A program, we've seen a lot of things with, uh, you know, what's going on with the front of action and a lot of these uh, discrimi- discrimination lawsuits that have been in place. And so they put 8A on hold right now or, or is it back? It's not on hold. They changed how they recognize and accept your social disadvantage. The program is primarily um, based on two components, whether you're socially and economically disadvantaged. Previously, for the social component, as long as you were a member of these five ethnic groups, which include uh, African-Americans, you automatically met the social component. Because of the lawsuit in in June on affirmative action and someone suing SBA, now what has to occur is you have to write a narrative describing how you've been discriminated here in America. And you can't really say that it's just because you're Black. They want more details. And uh, do you know how that's gone over? It's, 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 to me, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Whoever's reading it <laughs> can have the right to say, um, no, I don't think you were discriminated against. But again, I'm a strategist. Um, the challenge I see happening with SBA is a lot of the people have left and I pull them on my side. 
<laughs> that got the knowledge of SBA, know the language that SBA is going to be looking for mm. when you're submitting anything to them. What do you think about, because I heard, you know, people who have the contracts, they have these gatekeepers on the SBA side, people who want to keep certain people from being able to get these contracts, you know. Um, what do you think about that? I don't think that there's, that the process works this way. Let's say you're in the A day program and you go market to an agency. I have this certification and the agency knows it's a business development program. That's why they have those contracts that are called sole source. The agency said, well, I like what you're doing. I think I want to give you a chance. The agency now submits that award, I mean, uh, submits that offer to SBA. SBA has to accept it on your behalf. Once they accept it, now they're out of the loop and you're negotiating with that agency. If you have those types of gatekeepers that's preventing you from getting in the door, that's how we leverage the congressional representatives. <laughs> if you have any challenge, that's what they're there. That's They're supposed to be representing you. <laughs> you can reach out to your congressional representative to submit a letter to SBA or any agency requesting additional information on why you're not getting service. Wow. Those agencies now have a certain period of time to respond to that letter. You automatically move up the ladder. Wow. So Paula, can you tell us about your cohorts? Yes, we have a cohort that we're, our next cohort is rolling out January 23rd, but I've partnered with Net7. <laughs> and anybody that have gone through her cohort, they have a, a discount. Uh, and she has the um, links in the chat. It's However, <laughs> what we are doing now is we are extending it to the people who are viewers of this program. So if you are a viewer of this program, you actually get the same Net7 discount that has been so gracious. And I think we only have a few spots that are left because Net7 has taken up most of the spots. So, uh, but anyway, tell us about your cohort. Yes, we have a, a limit of 25 um, per cohort. You meet weekly for an hour and a half in the evenings from 8 to 9 p.m. Um, 9.30 p.m. You have homework. Eastern. Eastern, Eastern right? time, Yes. And you have homework and lab assignments each week, which is applicable towards your business. We also have office hours on Tuesdays, in addition to your weekly class and lab sessions where all the cohorts come together. And if you have questions, um, and I, I'm usually on the office hours where I go into more depth of what you're learning in class. But really, the goal is to create a community. Each one knows each other. We can start partnering, looking at opportunities. Yeah. We have 2,300 people in our database. So what's the difference in taking your class than just doing some Google searches online? Why would I need to take your class? It's information-based. Our, our cohorts or our program is process-driven. It's step one, step two, step three, step four. Um, and everything that you're doing is you're doing it for your business. Mm -hmm. I don't guarantee after you complete all three modules, which is business-ready, that you're getting your, making sure your documents are in order to apply and, and certify into the programs that you can. Um, the second module is teaching, teaching us how to team together. We put you into teams. The third module is all around all small mentor project program and the business plan, which is key. Um, we, we, well, I think that's it. Yeah, every week that you're going to meet. Me. Wait, you didn't say the third module. Oh, third module was contract ready. It's business ready, government ready, contract ready. Each of those modules are six weeks each. The whole program is 18 weeks. And the goal is by the time you complete it, that your business will be registered properly in these databases. You understand who your target clients are, how to market them, what you should say, what are they looking for in your solicitation, what type of um, insurance and things that you should have to cover your business. What does a winning proposal look like? So everything I took, I took from that first business. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Follow the blueprint. 
follow the blueprint. I also now have a self-paced class as well. For those of you who don't want to um, participate in the live session with a live instructor, we have um, 16 weeks pre-recorded sessions and you can uh, listen to the recordings at your pace, but you still have access to the office hours and the lab ses sessions each week. So Paula, I know a couple of um, government contract trainings that are about 12 weeks and they range anywhere from 12,000 to $18,000 to take the training. How much is your training? Um, it is 1997 for- yeah. $1,997? That's correct. And if you want to bring in a team member, it's $1,000. Cause again, my goal is to make it cost effective so that I can build generational wealth. <laughs> True generation. So let me tell y'all, when when I, I was already prime when I met Paula. So when she said that price, <laughs> we sitting outside, smoking <laughs> cigars. And I was like, where do I, like right when we were sitting down there, I signed up immediately because I knew the value. And that's the thing about me. If, if I know the value of something, if I feel the value, I'm a, right away. But there was no question in my mind because I had already vetted several um, training programs and I know how much they cost. I know that they're anywhere between 12 and $18,000. I heard had one young lady told me this evening she'd been following somebody on YouTube and she reached out to her and she was charging charging them her fees were fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Like that's just insane to me. The idea is if if, if I'm helping you get millions of dollars, you know, fifty thousand dollars is a drop drop in the bucket. So can you imagine? I mean, listen, eighteen weeks. Each module is six weeks long each. So it's they're thorough. They really give you an understanding. These ladies from the Net7 Collective that have already been through it because the first cohort, they're, they're going through it right now. They, if I wish I had some testimonials, they are so pleased and they are so happy that they have gone through it, that Paula is just absolutely amazing. Um, the second one, the second cohort is actually getting ready to go through um, this, uh, this program right now. And everybody is like stoked. You know what's funny? <laughs> I do so in the Net7 Collective, I do strategy sessions um, with the ladies and we talk about, you know, so I give them the, the, the step by step of how to, you know, do everything they need to do. And so one of the ladies I was doing a strategy session with, because people really, they generally don't know how to do, how to get into government contracting. And so she said, uh, you know, I was telling my friend about, you know, the government contracting thing. And she was like, well, how are you able to do that? And she said, I started to tell her. And I was like, heck no, she's going to work for me. And I said, go get up off my phone. <laughs> get up off my line right now. She's like, I'm keeping it to myself. But here's the thing. You don't have, I'm, I, I want to keep, I want to keep on to myself. But I think it's so valuable because if we talk about true generational wealth, there are opportunities out there for you to have access to. And that's the only thing that we want from you is to be able to give you access to the things that are right at your fingertips. So Paula, so let me just get the uh, links for the folks. If they want to um, sign up for, um, the discounted rates. Yep. Is that cool? Okay. That, that is correct. Okay, so I'll put. Um, and to me, it's, you're never really competing. The government's never going to run out <laughs> of contracts. Right. When you start competing on those low-hanging fruit, what I found in studying the data consistently, you're only competing with two or three people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody. Oh, I didn't even see all these comments on here. Somehow the comments aren't showing up. Let me give them, let me get the other one. So that one is the single price. That's for the single person, right? And then, yes, that's 1997. And, and then you, you want to do the team members. It'll be 29.97. And I did immediately. I did it for me and my daughter. And my daughter has been like learning so much about business, about partnership, that part. about all of those things. And she's 24 years old. That and part. So I'm setting her up because mm -hmm. really I don't work hard anymore. I worked hard a long time. I'm setting this up for my children to be able to create generational wealth with them. That's what it's for. That's so I told my son, I was like, listen, we're doing this business. I know you want to go to law school. He's like, I want to force my own. I said, okay, do you want to make this whole $1,600,000 or do you want to make millions? It's up to you, son. He was like, I want to make millions. Right answer. So all of this is for my four children. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's the reason why you do it is because you just really want to be able to help people like me and people like the people who are watching be able to create generational wealth. And that's, man, that's well, To me, it's the children's children. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. My generation, we benefited from the civil rights mm -hmm. and we never went back <laughs> and pulled up. Mm -hmm. And that's why within our community, we have the haves and the have-nots. Mm -hmm. And we can no longer afford to have that. We need to, for me, as a 25-year-old, 
seeing all these black business owners, black millionaires. I had a role model. What are what are your children seeing? Right. And that's the thing. And that's the thing that I love about th- this area is because, you know, I go to, to, to my doctor. My doctor's black. I go to my dentist. My dentist is black. I go to the grocery store. It, and it ranges from CEOs to people who work in labor jobs. Like, it doesn't matter. But there you have all of, all these people around here. And and it's I think the people here, I was telling someone, I said, you guys are kind of in a bubble because you have so many opportunities here that actually is everywhere. Mm-hmm. They just, it's just right there in their face. And they don't really understand it because it's so common here mm-hmm. that it's not very, I never had a black doctor in, in California. I never, you know, had mm-hmm. black CEOs or be able to go out and, and, and see, you know, people driving, you know, Rolls Royce or Lamborghinis that look like me. That was it. So to be able to provide that for my kids and up close and personal, right? Not being the, the biggest fish around, but, you know, me being kind of the poorest one around here at this point, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. But um, to be able to provide that for my children and then be able, able to just spread across the nation mm-hmm. is what we really want to do. Because, you know, th- there was a Forbes article in 2017 that said by the year 2053, Black median wealth was going to be a zero. And the wealth gap was widening, widening, widening. Wow. And we have 400 years of, um, adv- they had a 400 years advantage over us. Mm-hmm. But now with the power of the internet, the power with the information, because now, like you said, we can read. We do have access. We can and get access to all of these things. You don't need a college degree. You don't need to be super smart. You just have to have consistency. What else did you say you needed in order to get these commitment? <laughs> right? Consistent, persistent, and commitment. Consistent, persistent, commitment. Mm-hmm. That's not a college degree. Mm-hmm. That's not rocket science. It's consistent, persistent, and commitment. That's it. And if you can dedicate yourself to those three things, mm-hmm. then you can be making millions of dollars for your children and bettering the life of your children. Mm-hmm. That's what this is about. That's what the Net 7 Collective is about, is introducing all of these concepts to the ladies to, to be able to show them and ways to uh, create their net worth, increase their net worth by seven figures. Let me just show you guys this video real quick of uh, one of the ladies in Net 7. It has been a privilege and an honor to be part of this cohort. Constance has done an amazing job at placing systems to allow us to understand how to prosper in our businesses. We have strategically taken the time each week to come together to understand how to build a business, how to brand a business, how to use real estate, how to use life insurance. We have bonus days where there are speakers who come and they share their stories and their goals and their successes. We have an accountability coach that I have learned to realize that she really is like a best friend to me. It has been an amazing journey. I have grown so much. Now all my fears are now my strengths. And that's how I connected with Paula is just bring people like her in to be able to help these ladies to build true generational wealth. So you have, you guys all have information to, um, that's, this is why I pay for my gym membership. I love it. Um, but this is why you guys all have information, the information that you need in order to sign up, sign up for Paul. This cohort is getting ready to start on the 27th. If you are interested in building your wealth, building generational wealth through government contracts and setting up something for your children. And, you know, I was talking to a girlfriend, she has a you know, $50 million company and she's like, I'm tired. My kids don't really want to, I can sell my business. Cause that's what a lot of these business owners do. They sell their business and make millions of dollars. And now she can take that money and then she can invest it in something else or do something else with her children. There's okay. so many options and you're not limited when you're able to be, create something in that way. Let me correct something for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the cohort that I'm doing specifically for you, because we have to have a minimum of at least 15 people for me to teach it. That cohort will start Wednesday, January oh, 17th. That's what From we... 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Okay, what date is that? January... Uh, 17. 17th. Yes. So you guys better register right now. And this is not just for women. This is for everybody from all walks of life are welcome to be a part of this cohort starting on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Tell us the price again. 1997 individually for 24, I mean, 2997 for teaming partners. You cannot. Beat. And it's just for this cohort. Um, you won't get that discount. Everyone else, that class will start January 23rd for the general public. That cost is 2,500. So I encourage you. To make it happen, change, make that a goal for 2024. Mm-hmm.
And for some reason, this link is not popping up on all of the other because we have like a bunch of other uh, um, platforms that it's on. So if you if you can't get the link, if the link doesn't show up uh, where you are, just send me a DM on um, on Instagram or on um, Facebook, and then I'll send you the link for you know the cohort if you have a single person or if you have. But here's the strategy, you guys. Here's the strategy, Paula. I'm sorry. If you can get two, you might want to get two because that discount is even deeper. Twenty nine ninety seven for two people, girl. So if you can get two people in there, if you can get a partner and you do it, you guys split that twenty nine ninety seven or twenty ninety five, which is what it turns out to be. What about uh, nineteen hundred dollars a piece or somewhere? Fifteen hundred. Excuse me, fifteen hundred, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars each. You cannot beat that. The more, the merrier. Get on it. Invest in yourself. This is a this is a great investment, and it's going to change your life. Paula's out here changing lives. Paula, one more time before we go. How many people? How, what's the total amount of contracts you've helped people get? Uh, $1.5 billion across various industries. And I, I, I believe God connects kindred spirits. And I thank you, um, Constance, for hearing, seeing, and executing and understand what we're doing here. And understand it's not even about you or me. It's not even about this. This, this is still a little money. It's about changing our future. Yeah. And that's what I love. And that's why God connected us. God, everything, God, y'all don't even know how God be God, but God got this. Um, somebody said, government contracts, are there any options for small black women on NFPS? What's an NFPS, Paula? Uh, I don't know what NFPS is, but there's contracts for small businesses. <laughs> let's, start, let's start with small, because we so, I think this space, everybody has driven and said, you have to have all these certifications. So everybody, everybody leaves where I have these certifications. And I'm saying that's the wrong way. We have to understand first, I'm a small business. And by the way, I have these certifications. It's a different approach. See, that's the thing, Paula, because when I go to the, the meetings, people be like, well, I got the certifications. Why well, can't I get the contracts? Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> you're already setting yourself up and trying to depend on those certifications as opposed to you just being able to compete as a, a, a efficient small business. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Paula. This has been totally amazing. Thank you. Um, and if, if if I hope that people take advantage of this, y'all don't even y'all don't know. But here's the thing, because this is going to be on replay. People are going to see it after the 19th. Um, if they want, if, if they say after the 19th and, and they want to register for any of your other courses, they can go to gpiwin.com. That is correct. G, let me go back to the gpiwin. God's plan, I win.com. Come on, gpiwin.com. Um, because even at the full price you still you're getting a, a great 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 deal and i'm telling you this lady is well respected throughout the united states i've gotten confirmation after confirmation after confirmation and it's like i'm just telling you god just has just been doing some some amazing miraculous things where he he you know it's, it it goes back to once you make a decision and you set intention god's gonna put all the right people all the right things all the right elements in place for, to make it happen and i set an intention to do this god brought me paula you said your word for 2024 was what Intentional and strategic. And what does that mean? Meaning I'm intentionally targeting my community. Mm. I'm strategically aligning myself with organizations that service my community. She's trying to help y'all out. She's trying to help y'all black people out. And if you don't take advantage of this, I don't know what to tell you. But guess what? When I get my $20 million contract and I'm riding my Lamborghini, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying, I want to be the only one out here with money. <laughs> Paula's here to help all of us. And then the, also the thing is, I mean, I know she don't have, everybody don't get access to Paula like I do, but Paula has just been very gracious with giving, especially the ladies in our cohort, um, such great access and just being a, a huge resource um, and really being personally vested in making sure that we get everything we need so that we win. And that's the reason um, I love you so much, Paula. So thank you. Thank you. And this is my actual first, you're the first person that um, interviewed me. Yeah. Well, I'm usually on the other side, so this was different. Yeah. <laughs>
somebody asked, will there be replays if you miss a class? And yes, you go back into, because everything is on Google Classroom. And so you go back and watch all the uh, the videos. You get access to all the resources, the PowerPoints. Listen, she got tests. You can't go to the next step until you pass a test. She got midterms. This is not a game. She making sure you understand this. Let me tell you something. My first test, I don't know if I don't think I passed. She was like, and then she called me. I was like, yeah, I got to call for the teacher. <laughs> but whatever it was, I just copied my daughter. <laughs> I didn't even study. So that was bad. But no, you it is, it is really not a game. Like she's really serious about making sure that you understand all the stuff. So there is um, there is there are replays available. All the resources are in Google Classroom. You do have office hours. So that's where Paula comes in and she answers questions about anything that you have and just kind of helps you through. So um, no soldier left behind unless they unless they want to be left behind. And um, no excuses. There's no excuses. There's no excuses why you can't get this money. Mm-hmm. None at all. Thank you, Paul. I love you. Thank you. All right. right. Hello to your audience. Um, Any last words? Understand that you are the game changer for your family. Mm. The reason you're sitting here, the reason you are listening was for a purpose. We just we just thought of this, what, an hour ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So those that heard the call and jumped on, are you really going to take that next step to invest in yourself and your family? It's on you. That's on you. And I thank you again, Constance. For- I thank you. You've been so great. And you know, I'm just grateful for the alliance that I have with you. Um, you know, just God put me in certain places. And like I said, the person who ch- that I knew when I set the intention, there's somebody here that's going to change my life. It was Paula Watts. That's why I appreciate you being that person and helping me along the way and helping the people that I love along the way. Um, I appreciate the work that you are doing in the community to change and transform lives. Yes. So thank you. I appreciate okay. you. All right. Thank you. They said they on it. They said they on it. All right.